Hello! Well, I'm in the middle of packing for a trip up to Scotland, which I'm due to start very soon. Uh, I'm going to an area of Scotland I haven't been before, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, hopefully there'll be some great photography up there. So keep an eye out on Instagram and the Dark Skies photo blog for any mobile blogging and pictures that I, I upload. Now, I mentioned the Darker Skies website there, and earlier this month I realised, uh, fortunately, that it was 10 years since I set up the Darker Skies website. Uh, I couldn't believe it. It seems like yesterday since I pressed that publish button and the website suddenly came on uh, came online um, but it's a very important website for quite a few reasons not only is it my personal photography blog it's where I've talked about all sorts of things from Brexit uh, to my mum's death to uh, photography um, I've shown mobile images from Scotland I've shown my own work on there there's been all sorts of things. It's also the home for the, the podcast links section as well. So it has been incredibly important over the years for that. But not only that, it also started me down the road to using WordPress as a content management system for my my website. So richardflintphoto.com runs on WordPress and I've got clients as well who let me manage their website too so it's it was an important start it was um another one of those moments where you make a decision and you don't know how it's i didn't actually know at the time whether i needed another blog whether wordpress was the right place for me to start blogging but i think at the end of the day you can argue that 250 posts later and 10 years of pretty active blogging on there I think I did make the right decision. So that that was great. Darker skies, ten years old. Who would who would uh, who would have thought? It's so. There's been one or two tweaks on that website. There's going to be more coming soon, but generally speaking, the site is looking pretty good. So, you know, even getting rid of the domain name a couple of years ago, I wasn't too sure about whether I was doing the right thing there. But I think. I I did. I was never particularly a big fan of the dark-skies.com address. I think I'd want something that was a bit more approachable than that. Um, it didn't really fit in with the laid-back nature of the, the blog. It sounded a little bit too uh, business-like. And it does help out with richardflintphoto.com because it's linked and it my main website uses a lot of the wordpress.com uh, website's services via the Jetpack plugin, which if you have a WordPress website, um, that's a self-hosted one, and you want to use some of the wordpress.com services, then I recommend you have a look at the Jetpack plugin. It gets updated on a regular basis, and it adds all sorts of things to your self-hosted site, um, including backups. Um, there's all sorts of things which it can add. 
So that's Darker Skies at 10 years old. Um, absolutely fantastic. So the other site that got a bit of love this month was Redbubble. Now, my Redbubble store has been going since June of 2008. So it's getting on a bit now. It's even older than Darker Skies is. Uh, but it hasn't had that much love in the sense of it was set up and it started working and I was getting sales and you don't tend to touch things if it's working if it's ticking over and doing what it's what it's doing and i i just thought after a while that and also seeing some other people's red bubble pages that mine was a bit lacking so i decided to have a, a real good spring clean through it and up, update the text make the text a bit more revel, uh, relevant a few uh, images to show what some of the frame prints would look like and then go through the portfolio section create some new ones so whereas all of the Scotland work used to be in around Scotland and a lot of it still is there are also some satellite um, galleries now portfolios called Sky, Glencoe, Edinburgh, Borders, uh, there's a one for Coast and all of these just focusing on certain types of images whether it be coast shots from Norfolk or Scotland or Northumberland or wherever. Uh, there's a street photography, there's aircraft, uh, there's animals. It just makes it a lot easier for people to if they come across my page to find something that they might be interested in um and the other thing that's been uh done over the last week or so is a number of products have been increased uh, the availability of products has been increased and to give some idea about how much more is available now Originally, Sea, Sky, Sand and Street, that section had 25 images in there and each image had three products available. These were just printed products, so they'd be just a print or maybe a canvas print, something like that. Now, there's between 43 and 45 products. There's mugs, there's, I mean, let's have a look click on and see what there is um the available products t-shirts and hoodies uh fitted v-neck t-shirts graphic t-shirts sleeveless sleeves sleeve i can't even say it sleeveless tops stickers iphone cases iphone wallets cases and skins for samsung galaxy throw pillows Mugs, travel mugs, artboard prints, transparent stickers, glossy stickers, greeting cards and postcards, mini skirts, iPad cases and skins, drawstring bags, spiral notebooks, hardcover journals, water bottles, clocks, acrylic blocks, lightweight t-shirts, long t-shirts, premium scoop t-shirts, premium t-shirts. And there's even more that I'm not going to read out. Um, so there's an absolute massive stuff there now. I mean, today I went through Sea, Sky, Sand and Street. And like I said before, 
originally when I set that gallery up, that portfolio on Redbubble, it was really to just sell those images. Um, it was 25 images from the project. It was originally just to sell prints. Now, you know, you can buy mugs and all sorts of things. So if anything takes your fancy. Now, one of the things after I completed sorting all of those out, it's it's got 25 of my favourite images on there. But I think what I might do later with the Sea Sky Sand and Street portfolio is add another 25 or 30 from that project because I really do like it. I think it's one of the best things that I did. I've got fond memories of shooting those images and it's it, it's some of them work really well as iphone covers uh there's some great looking mugs as well i might actually buy one um from the sea sky sand and street range so to speak um but it just comes together really nicely it's just really about opening out the photography to a lot more people um before if they went along and thought yeah, I really like that picture of the people crab fishing at Wells Next to the Sea. But I would really like it as a mug, not a print. They couldn't get it as a mug. Now they can. So really all it is about trying to increase sales. So that's really what's going on there. There's plenty more work uh, to do on the Red Bubble uh, site over the coming uh weeks and months i'll be adding some more work of course but i'll just sort of fine tune the site but it's it's already looking a lot better now one of the other things you might notice if you do go to my red bubble page at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash rich flint photo is there's a new profile picture which is uh, a white r the letter R on a black background. And the reason for that is, um, well, I suppose it comes down to the original image that was used in the, a lot of profiles on my social media pages and other sites um, was my, well, it was uh, a portrait of me taken in 2010 i still don't know actually how i got the shot to look the way that it did um just one of those quirks of taking a self-portrait with an iphone i suppose uh, but it came out really really well i really like the picture but it's starting to knock on a bit and i really wanted to get another picture shot of me that i like which is really difficult because I'm quite fussy about the way I, I come across um, on a photo. I suppose you could actually say I'm quite vain. <laughs> um, so I decided that instead of doing that, I would do like a lot of other photographers do and just have an icon, a logo, I suppose, is probably the best way of putting it. And the white R is probably my favorite i've had it a long time now i would say it's probably nearly as old as i would imagine it probably goes back certainly 10 years 
Um, it was certainly on my website before I started using WordPress, and that will be for my for my main website, which will be eight years ago. So yeah, it'll probably be eight nine years old that that white art, and it used to be the favicon, and it still is the favicon on my main website. Uh, that's a little icon that comes up um, on the tab when you're viewing it in. Uh, Chrome or whichever browser you use uh, but there's a little black box with a white R and all it is is just a bigger version of that the profiles and I've added it to Instagram and Twitter and it's it looks a business I really like it I probably should have done it a few years ago but um, I did rather like that shot and I quite like the idea of having a face uh, as my profile picture um, but I think you know using the profile picture that's 10 years old uh, isn't quite really what I what I'm after and it also gives a bit more of a professional feel to the to the profiles it looks quite smart that white R with the black background so that's the the new profile logo um, which I'm quite pleased with so the final bit of news to do with my online presence for the once of a better word is just a little bit more news about the menus there's been a few tweaks um the photo book section has been tweaked and just i've just moved over the norfolk project into the upcoming book releases because it is due within about 12 months and that's roughly the cutoff time for what i call upcoming book releases a year ahead um, anything longer than that is in the plan section, the plan photo books uh, column. So I've moved the Norfolk project over into upcoming books, and there is a new picture in the plan photo books column called Territorial. Uh, this is a bit of an exclusive to the podcast because I haven't mentioned this anywhere else on the website or, or in social media or anything. But Territorial is a planned book. Or photo zine at the moment I think it's going to be a photo zine uh, to do with my territorial photography that I shot a long time ago and the idea is is for me to develop a book from those those pictures because it's a great way of showing off those images and putting them together in a collection in a book and just talking about uh, what happened and how the pictures came about etc etc and really, I would like to get that out for May 2021. And the reason for that is, is it will be 25 years since those images were taken uh, in May 2021. So I think it'd be a nice way of celebrating that project, which I think is even now one of the best documentary projects I ever did. Everything just came together and worked out very nicely. Um and I'm really, really um, pleased with, you know, the images and the tones that I got in there, the prints and everything. Um, the picture that's up on the menu is of the AK assault rifle hung up on the back of the truck next, next to a boots flask, which I think is probably one of my most favourite images that I've ever taken. It just... For me, it just totally summed up that day. 
um, a mix of civilian and military. It was uh, hugely, hugely interesting to do. It was just, uh, yeah, I just absolutely love it. And that's the reason why I would like to do Territorial um, as a book or a zine. Like I say, at the moment, it's a zine, but it might generate into a book. Um, we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. The other section that got a bit of love was the podcast menu section itself, which used to just have the podcast archive and recent podcast episodes sections, and now it's got its own little section on the left hand side now with the logo for the podcast and it's also got all of the links there from podcast page to subscribe into the podcast using itunes or um, an apple device subscribing using android subscribing using rss and finally the most important bit the podcast links page itself and then there's just a little bit of text underneath explaining what the podcast is about and when it's released and what we talk about um it's just all self-explanatory really if anybody's clicking on there and just wanting a good overview of what the podcast is about then it's all there and it's it's looking great and i'm really pleased with that too now there's a couple of areas that i'm contemplating developing further when it comes to the menu section as well the first one is the print store again this would be to give a good overview of what's happening new releases of images um just make it easy for people to be able to find what they want uh generally uh whether it be image licensing or one of the stores at the moment it's there's a nice little uh menu there just detailing about image licensing which of course you know if you're wanting to use one of my images commercially then you'd use that but if you want to print then you could use something like redbubble or the website shop to buy something a little bit more exclusive so that might get um, filled out a bit more we'll have to do some experimenting there and the other one is a web blog journal and again this is all to do with just giving a good overview of what's going on blogging wise what's appearing where which blog has been updated etc etc now the only fly in the ointment with that is i don't know there's limitations to do with the server and how much i can develop the menu further there might be ways around it but i've got to do some experimentation and uh, i don't want the menu to start dragging the site down um when it comes to the page loading i don't want it where it's you know you have to wait five or six seconds for uh, the menu to load before the page uh, i want to i don't want to have too much information i don't want it to be an information overload situation there so we'll have to see how it goes and whether the uh the weblog uh journal sections get expanded and the, the print store i think probably of the two the print store would be the one that i would want to do the most but we'll we'll have to see um but really that's about it for the 
sort of my main website. The only other thing I will mention is if you go to my website, there you can see that there's a little white cross in the top right hand corner. And if you click on that, it brings down sort of an information panel. And currently at the moment, that's that panel has been expanded to include a lot of other information, including how the various different sites to follow me on social media, subscribing to the website via email, uh, recent news posts, recent blog posts, there's Insta recent Instagram images, and then there's follow me on Facebook. Now that was expanded out because when I updated the theme, the recent blog post sections sort of expanded out a bit and it kind of changed the layout a bit up there. So I thought I would broaden it out a bit more. And, and it is quite a good overview of what's been going on and what I've been talking about and what I've been photographing and following me on various different networks and things. It's just one stop shop, really. So, yeah, it's looking a lot better it wasn't planned it was just just to make it look better it needed expanding out because like i say the the theme had slightly altered the way that the uh blog posts the blog news sections were rendering okay so that's all of that that's all of the news to do with uh the websites on to the photography links and I've got quite a few good ones. So there's going to be a couple of bonus ones included this month. Um, I'm going to start with the Magnum one first. This is a fairly recent one. Um, it's all to do with about the uh, outbreak of World War Two. It's the 80th anniversary. So magnum have put together a great collection of phot uh, photographs taken by magnum photographers during the war there's uh this includes the robert kappa the allied air war in color uh there's kappa again with the 75th anniversary of operation husky the allied invasion of sicily there's uh the war in the Pacific done by various different Magnum photographers as Pacific War done by W. Eugene Smith. Uh, there's David Seymour, Children of Europe. There's Werner uh, Bischoff. Uh, his work, The Boy from Rormond. Uh There's some really, really good quality work there. If you're looking for a collection of World War II photography. You don't really get any better than this. Um, I'm just going to have a click on that. I mean, the the, the first shot um, is of a B-17 called the Puffin Hussy 2. Uh, an American B-17 bomber prepares to take off from a Royal Air Force base for a night bombing raid over occupied France, Great Britain, 1942. I mean, absolutely stunning image of a B-17 about the takeoff. Um, but there's also some other cracking pictures of the crews and ground crews working on the B-17s. Uh, it's just f fantastic. And it's colour, which is not something that Robert Kappa is 
particularly well known for. He did shoot colour, but of course he's probably best known for his images in black and white of the Spanish Civil War and uh, on the beaches, on the beachhead during the D-Day invasion. So yeah, if you are, if you love World War Two photography and you are looking for a great place to uh, view some images that probably you might not have even seen before. Uh, take a look at the Magnum uh, site. This is World War Two Magnum photographers, um, and like I say, there's a uh, there's nine galleries there to view. Absolutely brilliant. Now the next one is the photography of Margaret Bourg White, um, a remarkable photographer. I've still got a book, a biography about her to read which i might take with me up to scotland but uh she's just uh, an amazing uh photographer who had diverse work um i mean she worked all over the place and was you know quite prolific uh i mean she even got to somewhere like you know the soviet union um you know, which many photographers didn't get. And a lot of that was to do with her, her reputation as being such a, a brilliant photographer. But again, it's another incredible, incredible collection of images dating from before the war and going into the war. And, uh, you know, uh, just coming together nicely with the, the Magnum stuff as well. Uh, but it also goes post-war and... Uh, there's all sorts of things, landscape, images, portraits, um, war photography, all sorts. So Margaret Borg-White, that's on the Atlantic photo blog. They do come up with some really nice collections of uh, photographers' work on there from time to time. So the final one I'm going to mention, actually I might mention four to, today, uh, but this this one is a bit closer to home for me. This is uh, Marketa Lushkakova, um, and she was shooting uh, images in northeast England in the 1970s. And this is a collection of her pictures from Whitley Bay, which isn't that far away from where I live. I suppose um, I'm trying to think of whose work it reminds me of. Um, but if you like sort of black and white photography from the 1970s, um, documenting the working classes, uh, if you like Martin Parr's work, you might enjoy this. If you like uh, Chris Killip's work as well, you might enjoy this. It's a really good collection of images from the 1970s of people on holiday in Whitley Bay. Um, well worth a look and i believe this is also going to be a book uh oh actually it says here uh an exhibition featuring the work is currently on display at martin parr foundation an organization that aims to revive important photography overlooked by history um and it says about long forgotten photographs of whitley bay show a sense of community that this area is rightly noted for with the family scenes at its heart, uh, says Martin Parr. So there you go. It's Martin Parr. Uh, and the photographer, um, 
Marquetta has lived, well, she was born in Prague, but has lived in the UK since 1975. Um, I don't know, I didn't actually read this article before, but she went to the north co northern coast of her new home in 76 to visit photographer Chris Killip, who early in his lauded career worked as a beach photographer. Well, I didn't know that. So there you are, two photographers that I mentioned without actually reading the article are actually mentioned in the article. I, I would say that that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. So that is um, At Ease in a Chilly Sea Breeze, Marketa Luskakova. Um, fantastic set of images and they definitely need to be seen by the wider public because it's photography like that that's important it's it, it documents an era it documents a time that quite honestly is is fast going now a lot of these seaside resorts are struggling to get uh visitors now because that generation has gone and there's cheap trips to various other different places in the world now which i mean you can fly by a lot of the bargain basement airlines for you know a fraction of the cost of what you would uh, probably cost in a car to get to some of these places now right so we will mention one more i think and this is again from the magnum site now this is something slightly different making hitchcockian portraits this is Philippe Halsman's work with and featuring the acclaimed director whose characteristic style was so iconic his surname became an adjective. adjective. So this is all about portraits with Alfred Hitchcock. It's a really interesting collection. Um, it was always very, very quirky. Um... I actually think probably my favourite picture is not that far down. It's one of Tippy Hedren, who of course was in The Birds, um, with Alfred Hitchcock sort of having the meal. It looks like some sort of like chicken or something. It's definitely some sort of bird anyway. There was always a few uh, little hidden gems in there with his images a bit like his films really um he always was a bit quirky and an incredible uh publicist for his own work so if you're a bit of a hitchcock fan if you're a bit of a film fan then you might get something out of these images that's again is on the magnum website as I've been saying over the last few podcasts, if you really do love your photography and you want to search through a great image archive, have a look at magnumphotos.com because it's got all sorts of classic photography. And I think they even do... Um, let's have a look here. There's even... Yeah, there's even videos and things where the photographers talk about uh, the working and the theory and practice of taking images. So there's plenty there to, to have a look at. A great website by Magnum. And one that I usually get a link or two each month from uh, currently. Sadly, a few of the um, photography blogs 
sort of slowed down a bit. Um, I don't know whether it was costing them too much money or what, but uh, they just don't seem to be putting out the output that they that they used to. But uh, I suppose, you know, maybe photography doesn't pay quite as well as uh, some of the other areas of uh, publishing. So that is it for this podcast. I shall be back um, at the end of next month, beginning of October, with that special podcast recorded in lo on location in Scotland. That's going to be a lot of fun. Probably a bit challenging, depending on the weather, etc. You never know what you're going to be getting with Scotland. I've been lucky over the last few years, um, but sometimes it can be be quite uh, challenging especially if it's windy um, it blows in the microphone of course but yeah Scotland that should be uh, great to have a look around like I say I haven't been to the, the place where I've where I'm, I'm going previously so it's completely fresh uh, it'd be interesting to see what images I can get so until the next podcast thanks for listening thanks for downloading and I will see you all next time